listening to the All Jokes Aside podcast. Podcast. Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of All Jokes Aside with me, Terry T. I am Terry T. Welcome. Like that little selection I got in the background? Mm, takes you back, huh? Sounds like a little old 90s voicemail. You know, back in the day when you wanted to have your own voicemail or answer machine. You didn't have a voicemail back then. We called it answer machine. Like, yeah, you leave a message on the answer machine. Like, you just, you sat there and the music just played for like 27 seconds before you said anything like this. Hey, everybody, what's going on? This is Terry. Sorry you couldn't reach me, but uh, if you could leave your name and a brief message, I'll sure to get back with you. <laughs> and, and don't forget, stop playing games. You're not a player. You're a person. Even like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> oh, man. No, I'm going to tell, tell, okay. tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you a voicemail. I used to hate when ask machines to hate when you call somebody and you'd be like, hey. They'd be like, hey, what's up? I'm like, ah, oh, not much, man. Like, what are, you, what are you doing right now? Like, nothing much. Chilling. What are you up to? I'm like, ah, oh, nothing. Hey, you'd be like, ah, you thought you had me, but you didn't. This is my voicemail. If you like, just leave me a message and I'll get back to you. And you just be like, how childish are you, huh? Like, like, did your mother not hug you enough when you was a kid? Like, anybody that does that, you need to grow up. I, 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 I swear to God, I pray that you get a call from the public clearinghouse with a million-dollar check, and they hear that voicemail. They're like, you know what? Fuck him. They just hang up the phone. It's like, you know what? Don't even worry about it. I, I hope you get the best job of your life that you pray for and you always want it. And you're in the shower, and they call and they hear that voicemail. That was like, no, there's no way I'm hiring this douchebag. You that that has to be the the most douchiest thing you could do to somebody is have them feel, waste their life for like 15 seconds trying to tell you a message because you want to play games. You you are evil. That is evil. Like that's like Cruella Deville wanting to steal puppies and make a a mink coat evil. Like that's hard, but that is. That is Scar pushing Mufasa off the cliff evil when you do a voicemail like that. Like, why would you want to Why would you want to bamboozle or swindle a person like that? That is so wrong on so many levels. If you had that voicemail, I hate you. And I'm not scared to tell you that. I hate you. If you had that voicemail, I pray that you unfriend me on Facebook and you are not my friend on MySpace. <laughs> oh, man, I'm just rambling. Oh, hey, everybody. Welcome. I know I had to get that little little rant out. Um, I know y'all again. This this podcast kind of late. I always kind of drop my podcast on Tuesday. Why? I don't know. Um, I actually just got back in town from Florida. I had some gigs in Florida and Lakeland, Florida. Lakeland, Florida is really really nice. I did a show at what was it? The Winners Comedy Circle. Winners Comedy Circle in Lakeland, Florida. I did a show with um what's his name, Jander Gray. Jander Gray was uh, my MC and host, and my headliner. Well, who was the headliner's name? Ah, oh, shoot, that's that's gonna that's gonna bug me. Oh man, I can't believe I forgot the guy's name that quick. Oh man, I'm, I'm gonna think of it. I'm gonna think of it, and I'll I'll come back to it. But I had a great time in Lakeland, Florida. It was a great show. Um, have opportunity to come back. I'm gonna do some more shows there. I left Lakeland, Florida. Drove over to Daytona Beach, Florida. Uh, Daytona. If you haven't been to Daytona, Daytona is beautiful. 
It is elegant. It is nice. It's 85 degrees, and it's like December 16th. You hear me? It's December 16th, and it's 85 degrees. It feels like heaven. Everybody's wearing shorts. Everybody's 85 years old and almost died, but it is the nicest thing I have ever seen. It's like it was hot in Daytona Beach. It was so damn hot, I seen a styrofoam snowman melting. I said I seen a styrofoam snowman. That's how them old BET Comic View comics said. Them old 90 comics, that when they screen the punchline so you, they know the laughing point. That's, that's how I just told that joke, and I apologize for that. I apologize. I'm I'm just excited to be back, man. But yeah, man, Daytona Beach was um Florida was nice. Then I went over to Port Orange, Florida. Stayed there for a couple of days. Uh had a great time there. Watched some football. Uh just laid out. Ah uh, speaking of football, it was a rough weekend for me. Uh, I've never told you my allegiance of the teams I like. And you know, I love college football. Um my UAB team is not playing right now, so I really don't have a college team to root for. But I do love watching college games, but this weekend was NFL weekend. I got a chance to watch my Atlanta Falcons get drugged up and down Carolina. That was the most disturbing thing I've ever seen. Like my team started off 5 and 0 at the beginning of the season. 5 and 0. And then now we're like 6 and 7. This is like this is the best worst thing that's ever happened to me, and like I I thought this honestly was the year. Like two years ago, where we was in the Super Bowl, like what was the NFC Championship game, like two years in a row, but we kept losing to San Francisco 49ers. But now they're the 49ers, ha <laughs> ha. But um, yeah, man, we lost to Carolina, and I just didn't like the fashion that we lost. We lost 38 to nothing, 38. We didn't put up a single damn point, not one point. Not even a field goal. Like, you you hear what I'm saying? Like, we couldn't even kick for three points. In the NFL, you can at least make a 50-yard field goal. And we couldn't even get that. We literally got shut out. Like, they would not let us score. If we were playing PlayStation, somebody would have to hit the reset button at the 21 points. Like, really. Like, we got skunk. And then some. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you what it is. I think I'm about ready to part ways with Matt Ryan. I have finally accepted that I need to let go of Matt Ryan. And I want you thinking I'm just one of those fly-by-night Falcon fans. I've been riding with the Atlanta Falcons since Jeff George. Exactly. You don't even know who Jeff George is. I've been riding that long. I've been riding since Cornelius Bennett, Jesse Tuggle, Eric Metcalf. I've been around since those days. I had a starter bomber's jacket. I had. I was a Falcons fan in the mid '90s. This is how long I was a Falcons fan. I was a Falcons fan when the Cowboys was winning, the 49ers were winning Super Bowls, and everybody had those those starter those starter bomber jackets that you wore to school. And I'll never forget. Everybody had like a Cowboys, 49ers, and I walked in with a damn Atlanta Falcons bombers. And somebody, one of the kids, was like, "Why do you have that?" And I was like, "Cause I'm a Falcons fan." I don't, I don't know why. I don't know why. I know why. Because I went to a camp and I met Cornelius Bennett one time. And he was the nicest guy I ever met. And I was like, you know what? What team you play for? And he told me he played for the Atlanta Falcons. I was like, you know what? From this point out, I am an Atlanta Falcons fan. And now I kind of miss the fact that I I'm, I stuck around this long. It feels like I'm in a shitty marriage. That's, that's how it feels like when you're a Falcons fan. You see everybody else enjoying the fruits of their labor and and – in Pittsburgh, in New England, you know, even in Seattle. And I'm over here suffering. And it always comes down to the same common denominator. It's, it's Matt Ryan. I'm just ready. Matt Ryan has had everything that he could possibly need to have the best team possible and be winning. He finally has 
two of the best receivers ever. He has Julio Jones, who's a damn grown man, probably one of the best receivers in the league right now. He has Roddy White, UAB alum, go UAB. Still a great receiver in the league. I still say top 10 if he can get the damn ball to him. He finally has a running game with Freeman. He has a decent offensive line. The defense is good. We have a great special return guy. I mean, he has a, a coach now that's more aggressive. Like, what else do you need? Hell, they even building you a stadium next year. And you still give me – Matt Ryan is like, is like that dad – that's like a bad father who tells you, who asks you what you want at the beginning of the year for Christmas, and he does this to you every year. He's like, hey, what you want for Christmas? And you're like, I don't know. I just, I just, I just want to win. Cause you, you try to lower the expectations. Cause you know you have a shitty ass father. And he's like this. Well, I just, just give me some wins and I'll be fine. He's like this. How about this year I get you a division championship? And he was like, yeah, that that that'd be nice. He's like. And how about it? How about an MVP? You're like, yeah, that that'd be really, really nice. And how about I get you a Super Bowl appearance and a Super Bowl? And he was like, yeah, you, that's I, I always wanted that, but I didn't think you could get it for me. But you can tell me you can do it this year. And he was like, yeah, 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 I can do it. And he was like, well, you don't have to. And then he starts off fucking five and zero, winning every single thing that you possibly need. And you're just like, yeah, like this year you telling your friends like, yeah, this year, yeah, 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 my dad's gonna get me a Super Bowl. This is the year that my dad gets me a Super Bowl. I'm going to have my very first Super Bowl, and I'm going to be just like the rest of y'all. It's, like, it's, it's your Jordans. Your Super Bowl is like your Jordans. Everybody else has Jordans. The Cowboys got six pair of Jordans. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers have like five pair of Jordans. New England has like five pair of Jordans. He's just like, hey, I'm going to get my first pair of Jordans. I can stop wearing these, these Asics around the school. And then December comes around. And fucking Matt Ryan does it, and he doesn't even answer the phone. He doesn't show up, and you don't see the son bitch no more. Now you got to make excuses. It's like, yeah, hey, you know, Jordan's ain't everything. Maybe next year. That <laughs> that's how I feel about Matt Ryan. I'm just so I'm I'm ready to go. I'm just and not take thing from Carolina. Carolina is a great team. I think they're one of the best teams in the division. I, hell, I think they're one of the best teams in the league. They have every piece of puzzle that you need to win a Super Bowl. They have a great defense, probably one of the best defense. The way they swarm, uh, uh, what's his name, Luke, Luke Kang, I, I can't say his name. You know, um, the, the the white kid that looks like an Adams family member. Uh, they have great DBs. Um, they have a great running game with Jonathan Stewart. Of course, Cam Newton with the dab, giving free footballs to all the kids and just looking like fucking Mr. America, Captain America out there. Like, he can't be stopped. You have a defensive end that has an arm. That's that's all Cam Newton is. He's a tight end that is very athletic. Uh, special teams. Special teams is great. They have my, a good friend of mine, Joe Webb. He also is a UAB alum. Shout out to UAB. Go Blazers. Uh, he was my quarterback in uh, in college. Yeah, that's my quarterback, man. That's, that's, that's what I said every time I see him on the field. That's my quarterback. If you remember T.O., but, yeah, so I'm not taking anything away from that team. They are probably a lock for the Super Bowl. They're still healthy. Have Greg Olsen. They have a great time. They have all the ingredients that you need to win a Super Bowl. I don't see them, I don't see them losing losing the game. Like, I think they have the Giants this week, um, which probably a good game. And, you know, they have opportunity to possibly lose that game. Then they come back to Atlanta, where I'm pretty sure we can at least score a touchdown or something can happen. Um, and then they end the game at, at Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Jameis Winston. He's from my hometown, from Bessemer, Alabama. So, yeah, I mean they do have a good opportunity to go in sixteen and zero 
or 17 of those. I forget how many games they're at now, but they have a great opportunity to take it all away, and I really think they possibly can. Um, only thing that's stopping them is New England Patriots and their cheat gates. I'm pretty sure they'll cheat away um, way to the Super Bowl. Uh, only only positive I see at this whole thing of my Atlanta Falcons losing this weekend, I got a chance to see Herm Edwards rant. That's my that's the, my favorite thing. Just watch Herm Edwards on NFL primetime. Just take the most complex game, which is the NFL and football, and just simplify it. I just, I just love all his quotes and saying, I just can't wait till he comes out with a book talking about on how to handle everything. I love how he says, like, hey, hello, hello. You can't have champagne taste with Bill Money. Doesn't make any sense. He's just so aggressive when he talks to people. He's just like this. He, he, look, look, this is my cell phone. If I don't want to send a tweet, I put it down. I put it down. I don't send a tweet. I don't tweet. I don't do it. It's simple. You don't say anything. If somebody's talking to you on Twitter and Facebook, this is what you do. You log out. That's what you do. If you're hungry and you need a pizza, what you do? You call Domino's. That's all you do. It's simple, people. It's simple. What do you need two cars for, huh? You don't need, it's only one you. You don't, you don't need two cars. You just need one you. You don't need one car. What you need two cars for? <laughs> Herm Edwards talk like your dad when, when you're trying to do something stupid and he just makes it seem like you're the dumbest person on earth and just try to simplify it like this. Hello? What do you do? Somebody raise the doorbell. What do you do? You answer the door. Unless it's Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> I am just everywhere. Um, speaking of undefeated, um, shout out to the Golden State Warriors. Uh, I know they lost this past weekend where they went 24-1. and They finally lost. They lost to the Milwaukee Bucks. I don't care what nobody says. I'm pretty sure they... Somebody had money on their game. It was like, hey, y'all, listen, I am so tired of this shit. I am so ready to lose. I'm pretty sure everybody thinks we're going to lose on Christmas Day to the Cavaliers. So how about this? How about we put all that money together and put it on the bucks and we just tank tonight? Cool? Huh? Everybody's good? Huh? Drummond? Green? You good? Huh? Clay? Thompson? You good? Uh, What about you, Steph? You you, you can miss a couple of shots tonight? I just, I, I, I don't know how to feel. Like, I, I'm, I'm kind of glad they lost. I didn't want that team to to do too great, to put more pressure on themselves. I mean, because let's be honest, they weren't going to go 82-0. It's impossible to go 8-2-0. That, that means every night they would have to be on fire and they would have to make that a focal point of their goal. I think they just wanted to win. They're a great team. The teams that they're playing wasn't on the same caliber as they was, and they just dominated. And I didn't want them to put that pressure on themselves at every game that they had. they had to win. And then another reason is I hate Luke Walton. Like, I just feel like Luke Walton is the luckiest SOB on this planet. Like, I just, I really, I thought Steve Kerr was because Steve Kerr got an opportunity to like, hey, you know, I played for the Cavaliers for a hot second. Then I rolled into the Bulls where I was with one of the greatest players of all time and won me some championships. So everybody recognized that. And then I then I think he went, he went to uh, the Spurs. I think I'm not sure. He went to the Spurs, played with the Spurs, and luckily played with one of the greatest power fours of all time. And I think he won a championship with the Spurs. I'm not sure. Um, and then I was like, hey, you know what? I'm going to take an opportunity to take a break. And then when I come in, I'm going to start coaching. And my first coaching job, I'm going to get one of the greatest shooters that we've ever seen in our game and coach and get my very first championship my first year. And when I think Steve Kerr is the luckiest motherfucker I've ever seen, Long comes Luke Walton. 
Luke Walton is hands down the luckiest white man I have ever seen in my life. Like, Luke Walton is the definition of white privilege. <laughs> like, to see Luke Walton get the opportunities that he gets baffles me. Like, he was with the Lakers with one of the with the greatest duos, and I don't care what nobody say, with the greatest duos with Shaq and Kobe. Like, does anybody ever, and Luke Walton's probably with 10 years, like, he was with them for a long time. In his whole Lakers career, does anybody remember? It's like, oh man, you remember that time Luke Walton saved us in the playoffs? Remember that time Luke Walton saved us in the game? I have never, as my whole time as a Lakers fan, remember Luke Walton being that guy for us. Luke Walton, I don't even remember him playing for real. I just remember Luke Walton on the bench and just being like, every time I turn the game like this, fuck, does Luke Walton still play for us? Like, how is he taking a pay cut every year? I'm pretty sure he's just doing it for like the courtside seats. I'm just I'm 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 just, I'm just baffled on you know, how long this guy can stay on a on an NBA team. And then I think after he he got traded finally, the Lakers was like, "All right, okay, Lou. All right. You got you got to give up the seat, man. We we really need a basketball player." They send him somewhere and he's like, "You know what? I think I'm about to retire and I'm going to start coaching." And then when he starts coaching, he does an assistant. And then when his head coach Steve Kirk goes out, he's like, "You know what? I'm going to come in, step in, and I'm going to coach the Warriors to my first year to 24-0. And now everybody's looking like, hey, Luke Walton's not a bad coach. I'm like, what the fuck? That's just like saying Eric Spolcher's a a great coach just because he had LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh. Some people just luck up in situations. They just inherit great situations, and those three coaches are prime example. And I hate talking about sports because I get all hostile. My blood pressure starts raising, and I I don't I don't feel well. And uh, <laughs> oh, um, speaking of sports, um, I was I was watching the thing. Uh, I was I was talking to somebody, and um, I was telling him, I was like, yeah yeah yeah, I, I, I play sports, play sports my whole life. You know I, you know I was I was big into basketball. I was a basketball fan, but I really never liked basketball. Funny story. I'm gonna tell you this because I said I was gonna tell tell the story. I didn't really start playing basketball it's like to tenth grade because I was so good, because I could really jump. I was athletic. But but before then, I'll never forget. In eighth grade, I tried out for the basketball team. Made the damn basketball team. My eighth grade, I went to um, James A. Davis Middle School, which is Bulldogs now, in my hometown. I made I made the first cut. Made the second cut. And I'll never forget this. Um, in the same building, they was having cheerleading trials. And, you know, you know, a lot of the boys do, you know, you get through practicing or whatever. You try to sneak over there and go see the girls and whatnot. And I snuck over there. There was a couple of girls that I liked that were on the cheerleading squad. I just wanted to see, you know, see what they were doing. You know, my hormones were pumping. You feel me? You know? My cannolis were about to drop. You feel me? I was feeling like, like, I could stick my pungnogli in her, her pizami, you know? Anyway, so uh, I saw I saw the girls, you know, practicing and everything. They came out. Um, one of the girls was kind of sad, and then she saw me, and she was like, hey, here, like, how, like, how's your trials? And I was like, oh, it was okay or whatnot. She was like, oh, she was like, okay. She was like, oh, well, I was checking to see if you made the team, because if you didn't, man, we really need a mascot. 
And I was thinking about you, and I know how funny you are and how cool you are. It'd be so cool if you can be the mascot and you know you get to ride on the bus with us and everything. I know you like to make me laugh. Now back then, like I said, I was silly, but I was so damn gullible. So I was like, well, you, you know what? Well, I don't think I made the team. Made the team. So the girl, she was like, oh, for real? I was like, yeah, like, yeah you know. And I, at, at this point, I knew I was on the team. Like the coach told me, like I was gonna be on the team. And I was like, okay, I got, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, I don't think I made it. So she went back over and told her Chilean coach, it was like, hey, I got the perfect guy. And she brought me over there and we talked. And the teacher knew me and she knew I was a perfect class clown. So I got the job. Now, mind you, I have my, like, my dad, my dad, you know, raised me growing up. I'm like, single father and stuff like that. My mom was around, had a great, but my father was like heavy in raising me. So, I know my dad that came home from work, and he was excited about me playing basketball. And he was like, he said, so did you make the team? And I was like, nah, I didn't. He's like, yeah, I, I said no and yes. And he was like, what do you mean? I was like, I made the team, but it's kind of like I'm on the bench right now. And, you know, it's like if I get an opportunity. My dad was like, my dad was very understanding. He was like, well, don't worry about it. You know, just take this year, learn what you have to do, and then next year, you know, you'll be better and you possibly be a starter. And I was like, man, I appreciate it. Dad was always understanding. So this whole time, as you know, uh, I'm on the so-called basketball team. You can't see me doing air quotes, but I'm doing air quotes. The basketball team, I would get my bag um, before games and I would pack my stuff. My dad would never see, like, the stuff I had in my bag. And uh, they'll keep the costume at school. So I drive to school on game days. I would hop on the bus with the cheerleaders. Feeling like the man, different girl wants to sit by me every day. I felt like Lou Rawls. Um, I felt like uh, Don Cheadle. I, j- I just felt like I was somebody, you know? Um, <laughs> I would sit down, and the girls would sit, talk to me. And then, you know, game days, I would go out there, put my mascot suit on, and I would dance. Everybody loved me. I love being a mascot. Kid- kids would want to take pictures with me. Uh, halftime was my show. I would dance, break dance, do all this, all kind of crazy stuff. And then the, after the games, the girls would give them the buzz. You know, first my friends would tease me. They were like, ah, look at Terry, whatever. And then after the games, they see me get on the bus. They were like, that son of a bitch. He's smart. And they were like, yeah, yeah. Uh, y'all playing checkers, I'm playing chess. So I would, you know, I get on the bus, we ride back and everything. And this is the, this is the key point, people. After every game, like you said, this is the worst thing about having a supportive father. After every game, my dad would ask me, how was the game and how did I do and how was everything? And I would have to look this man who raised me, who worked 16 hours a day, and tell him, eh, you know, I didn't play. I didn't I didn't do it. You don't have to worry about coming to the games. And he was like, oh, okay. Then one day, this supportive son of a bitch, this nice bastard, this caring person who is my father decide, you're like, you know what? Even though my son is not playing, I'm going to go out there and support him like he is. That's That was my father. My dad was like, I'm going to support my son no matter no matter what. I was like, and I did not know this. He did not tell me. He was, he just, my dad just come, my dad just came to the game. I'll never forget. I didn't tell him what the game was, but he asked around, doing that supportive parenting stuff, checking on, researching, finding out, calling up to the school. Who does that? So anyway, um, I'll never forget, I was on the court dancing, dancing my heart away. And next thing I know, I turn around and I see my dad walking to the building as the game is playing. And he's looking at the bench 
And he's scanning up and down the bench. He's scanning up and down the bench looking for me. Looking like, well, like, like, I don't know what number he is. Like, my dad didn't even ask the question. He was like, he's just looking for me. And then somebody my father knew came up to him and was like, hey, you know, like you can see him mouth. Like you see the mouth in conversation. Like it was, my dad had a really, really big smile on his face and it was just like laughing, this and that, and just talking. And then you could hear him like say, it was like, I, you know, can't see my son. And this person that wanted to tell my father where the fuck I was, they pointed across the bench towards the green parakeet that's supposed to be a falcon in a first suit and pointed over there and was like, he's over there. You, when my dad started putting everything together, and saw me as a mascot, you might have well told my dad I came out the closet or something. Like, my dad, my dad was so heartbroken that his son was the mascot. Like, my dad looked at me like I had a swastika sign on my arm. No, no lie. Like, you would think I had a KKK outfit on, the way my dad just, my I, my, my dad's about as dark as me. My dad's a dark man, but my dad looked so flushed. Like, I ain't never seen my dad flushed. My, all my dad did was, walk out the gym and I was like oh man he's going and I'll never forget after the game I finished he stood there waiting for me that had to be the quietest ride home the quietest like I have never heard my dad so quiet in my life like and like <laughs> I, I lie you not I lie you not this, this is exactly what he said to me on, on the ride home he just he got real quiet and then he said so that's what you like to do, huh? <laughs> so that that's what you like to do, huh? Dress up in a mascot suit and dance. And I just like, oh man. I just I felt so bad. I was just like, oh man. And I was like, you know, it took us to like last year. I think my dad's finally finally accepted it. But like he doesn't like talking about it. It's just like, yeah, it's just like it was a dark time in, in our family history. Okay, I know I bored y'all with that boring mascot story, but that was a true story. That was a true story about me being a mascot and my father not being happy at all about the decision that I made to become one. And um, I don't regret it. I got I got the finger of my first girl on that trip. So um, as a mascot, so first time I got me some loving was when I was a mascot. So. Not upset at all. He may look at it as a disappointment. I look at it as a victory. Yep. All right. All right. I'm gonna start wrapping this um, podcast up. Um, real quick, I want to thank everybody who's been listening to All Jokes Aside podcast. Man, I really appreciate you. I um, I know if you look at the reviews and the ratings, I've been getting like a lot of text messages from people saying like, "Oh, man, Terry, the podcast is phenomenal. It's hilarious. It's funny." I, you know, like, you know, I like your perspective, like the guests that you have on. And um, when you text me that stuff, I want to text you back and be like, why in the hell don't you put that in the reviews? Uh, I don't know why people love to text me that they love the podcast, but I go to my likes and I go to the reviews and ratings and I, there is nothing there. Like, like, just put something down. Just just write anything. Just, just put like, hey, good podcast. Hey, enjoy the podcast. But when you text me, and send me emails telling me how much you love the podcast. But when you go through reviews and everything, I see nothing. I should be like, you're not my friend. <laughs> no, no, I'm just joking. But I do appreciate everybody that listens to it. Um, 
that that loves to say anything. I just I don't know what it is. I I think people just hate doing reviews and and surveys. Like people tell you all day if something's good, and just be like oh like like how was how's the food? Like oh it's good. It's, it was delicious. I loved it. Well, could you sign out uh, do a review real quick? You're like ah shit. Uh, a review? I gotta. T- I gotta check a box. I I just really want to just tell you. I just want to eat your food and just tell you it was good. I don't want to tell other people and let them know that it's good. I just want it. I just want to be selfish right now. Greatest food I ever had, but nah. Just want to keep it to myself. Don't want nobody else to know. I don't want nobody to know that this is the best food I've ever had, and I don't want nobody else. And I want this place to get shut down because nobody believes that this place is good just because I said it. So if you could, please leave a review, a survey. Do you even, does anybody do the surveys on back of like receipts when you go to fast food restaurants? Cause I haven't, I haven't paid for a meal in probably like six months because I'm so broke. I started doing surveys like from Popeye's and, and McDonald's and restaurants. They ain't give you those surveys like, hey, fill the survey on the back and you get a free hamburger or something. I do those all the time because I'm dead broke. And I was like, hey, fill the survey out. Give me a free meal. Help a guy out. Find some way to eat. That's what I love to do. And you know what I love to do? Like, you know, if you if you treat me bad, now I really feel good about surveys. I feel like God. I feel like I feel like my hand is over your life right now once I start doing surveys. Especially Popeyes. Like I love like if anybody knows me, I love Popeyes to death. Especially on Tuesdays, cause you got that dollar ninety nine, two piece special. But this is what I hated Popeyes. Because first you have two different operators that come on. They'll be like Welcome to Popeyes. Would you like I try four ninety nine holiday special? Order when you're ready. And he's like, well, can I get the dollar ninety nine special? Okay, I'll be uh one nineteen. Would you like mild or spicy? He's like, excuse me. Would you like mild or spicy? Um, um, you said mild or spicy. That's what I said. Mild or spicy. He's like, okay. Uh, well, let me get spicy. Uh, spicy. We all out of spicy. All we got is miles. I'm like, why in the fuck would you ask me what do I want mild or spicy if you don't have mild spicy? You just have mild. Just say, I'm going to get you mild. Don't give me an option where there is no option. And then once I pull up to the window, this is their favorite line. It's like, okay, I'll right, be 617. They take your money, and then they be like, can you pull down? It'll be out in a minute. They take your money and then hold you hostage. Cause you're not finna drive off now because they already have your money. Just tell me that it's gonna be 10 minutes and then I have the option to give you my money because I might have something else to do. I might need to go back home while my porn hub is buffering and the scene might be ready for me to watch now. But don't hold me up because the mild chicken isn't ready yet. And now I feel like, but since I can do reviews and surveys now, oh shit, I let them have it. All right. <laughs> I've rambled enough. It's been 30 minutes so far. Um, But yes, please. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. I am on SoundCloud. It's soundcloud.com slash all jokes aside, one word, and also on iTunes now. So if you'd like to, subscribe to iTunes, download the podcast, future episodes coming. I want to thank everybody listening. Thank you. Have a great day. Happy holidays.